Okay, the mic is on. I'll give a little introduction here. First of all, just the setting. Um, so this will be the first, I hope, a series of podcasts of um, talking with people. Not really interviews, just talking with people. Like, it, it probably would fit on Anthony Markle's Talking is Dead if I wanted to give it to him. No, no. But I'll keep it to myself. I don't, I don't know that he's... He's got enough. He's got plenty of those things. So it will fit in the, um, I don't know, Baby Sally Bart. Oh, it's not Baby Sally anymore. It's just Sally. Sally's Sal- grown up. Sal- could be Sally's Bar Talk or Sally's Bar. I think we'll work on that for later okay. on. But uh, here we are at Charbot Lake. And in fact, looking out the window, looking out the front screen, I can see a motorboat going across, the sun dancing across on an absolutely beautiful fall day, Thanksgiving. And um, you're supposed to ask, this is you, the listener, why are you in Charbot Lake? And... The answer is I'm in Charbot Lake to see my good friend, and your good friend, some of you anyway, Mr. Francis Awubi. I have to say it that way because I, I actually like that name a lot. It's a very interesting Thank name. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, I promised Francis that uh, he could sort of trump this interview anytime and sort mm-hmm. of answer different questions from the ones I asked mm-hmm. or if I'm asking questions or do whatever he likes. One word answers. One word answers if you like. Um, so the question I'm starting off with mm-hmm. is why the hell are you in Charbot Lake? You know, I ask myself that every day. Um, okay. so uh, why I'm in Charbot Lake is, um, my wife, there, no, that's my one word answer. Okay. <laughs> You're part way there now. Okay. So, uh, we were looking to resettle in Ontario after our stint in Nunavut. So, you were li- you were married in Nunavut. Uh, we were married uh, in Ontario, and then okay. moved to, to Nunavut in a few years after that. Okay. Um, so, what were you? Li- I'm going to have to go back before okay. we lose that. What were you I'll doing f- in Nunavut? Well, she was teaching, and I was at home uh, raising our our son. Okay. Our now oldest. Um, I was an at-home. I was doing the same thing I'm doing here. I was an at-home parent and doing part-time freelance work. Okay. From home. And uh, then we wanted to relocate back to Ontario to be closer to her family. That was the main reason for leaving Nunavut? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, Just to to be around her parents as our child grew. All right. um, Developed a little more, see the grandparents some more. And they, at that time, were living in Kingston, which is about an hour south of here. Yeah. Um, as things unfolded, my wife wound up getting a job with the local school board in a school that's about 45 minutes north of here. 
Charbot Lake is... Even, even further from Kingston. <laughs> even further from Kingston. Okay. I, in the meantime, had picked up a few clients in Kingston and uh, was in and out for meetings. And when it came time to purchase a house, locate somewhere, we uh, settled on Charbot Lake as it was in the middle, so to speak, yeah. of our commutes. Okay. And uh, she knew the area somewhat because her family's from the place she teaches in, 45 minutes north. So, okay. Uh, it's not a wholly unfamiliar place. A stop on the way to the cottage, that kind of thing. Get groceries here. I'm I'm almost disappointed because it's like it's a perfectly sensible answer. Yeah, I mean it, it makes total sense. Well, it is a nice little my life place, is, but it, it is little. I'm nightmarishly pragmatic and uninteresting. Oh well, I guess that's the end of that. Good <laughs> having you as our first guest <laughs> on this uh, series. Premature, uh, yeah. I, I should say, I won't go into details, but yeah. we were before we started this talk, mm-hmm. uh, Francis was there and suddenly he's got this big walkie-talkie in his hand because it's squelching and squawking at him and he's got to race off to a local emergency. This mm-hmm. is something, this is, you are a volunteer, is it called volunteer fireman or? Yeah, I'm a volunteer firefighter. Um, firefighter. <clears throat> been on for a few years, uh, just in the Sherbert Lake Station here, so we respond to Medical calls, traffic accidents, fires. Um, fires. Have you actually fought any fires? Uh, yes, yeah, a few. Had a handful in my time. Um, like, what did you actually hold a hose and point it at them, or what did you, you <laughs> hold did? a hose? Oh, sit yeah. on a hose. Okay. All right. Wash so a hose. Out. Roll a hose. Fire firefighting's a lot of uh, a lot of dirty and monotonous work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, broken up by some. Bits of what some people consider exciting. I'm just trying to help people from having their houses burned down. Now, you got training for that from the department? It's ongoing, so you okay. uh, you train every week um, on equipment, on procedures, on fire behavior. There's, there's, wow, uh, every yeah, week? Every week, yeah. There's about three or four hours, five hours sometimes, depending on what you're doing. Okay. And taking the trucks out, could be in the classroom, just could be... Can you drive a fire truck? Uh, I'm in the process of getting my my DZ license, so I, DZ. Yeah, so I have my air brake endorsement, and I just wow. need to get a D class. So I, I, I have driven the the tanker and the pumper a bit. So I'm getting. Well, there. that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, you, you know, wouldn't you be think, doing this in Kingston. No, no, no. Uh, the scarcity of candidates does have uh, some bearing on my ability to successfully volunteer here. That's for sure. But did did you do it? Because you also knew it's the right thing to do? Yeah, I volunteer a lot. I, I, wherever I'm at, I always volunteer. And I, I was asked a few times, I'm not going to lie, mainly because I live so close to the fire hall. I could really actually run there and still be the first one yeah. um, to respond. But I'm also uh, at home throughout the day Yeah. when a lot of folks are out in Kingston or up or elsewhere working because there's just, there's no industry in town itself. Right. It's a lot of cottagers and, and, you know, the tourism industry. But aside from that, there's not a whole lot going on. So a lot of the people who would volunteer to firefighter are just not available. So it's good to have more people in the daytime hours. It, it, and, and it is the right thing to do. It's a community oh, and they, they need absolutely. it. You can't afford like a <clears throat> professional full-time police force, fire department, no. and so on. There's a, a most, I think most firefighters in Ontario are volunteer or at least composite stations where there's a mix of professional and volunteers. 
Even mm. Kingston has a has a lot of volunteers on it with the professionals. And what about for uh, policing? Is that the RCMP? Is this their responsibility or OPP? OPP, of course. OPP. OPP. My my bad. Yeah. So uh, where's the nearest OPP? Is it Caledar? No, the, there is a detachment in Charlotte Lake. It's. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure how they keep rearranging their resources, but it's it's uh, occupied sometimes. But I, I guess now it's sort of a satellite station of uh, the Frontenac detachment down the road. About okay. Forty-five minutes. Now, would they also respond to some <laughs> emergency calls then? If you know well, somebody's depends. got a heart attack. No, no, the, they would respond if there's you know a fatal. Uh, medical situation or any any traffic collisions, they that's their responsibility to respond to that. Or if there's you know some violence or okay, you're unsure of uh, you know someone's behavior. Okay, so there's a head-on collision on the highway. They're not going to call the fire department. They're going are they going to call you and the OPP? Or? Yes, yeah, all resources will show up. Okay, yeah, ambulance, fire, OPP. Okay, well, have we exhausted that topic? I'm feeling I'm I'm missing some. Questions. People want to know what's the most exciting thing that's happened, no. or what's the stupidest thing you've I, done. Or, uh, oh, there's a, well, there's a lot of stupid things. Huh? <laughs> the, the the problem with firefighting is you you, you tend not to remember uh, a lot of the calls. I know that sounds mm. odd, but you just you, you just kind of dump it out of your the ram of your your brains, so to speak, where you're going to draw those small talk or even. Uh, those personal conversations from because you, you're, you're just trained to keep it confidential. Yeah. You, you're, okay. You train not to focus on it. So I don't, I'm sure there's, I, I could be a lot more colorful and interesting and engaging with it, but it's, it's something maybe I've, I've actively taught my mind not to do. Well, again, it sounds like that's the right thing. That's what you're doing, what you're supposed to do. You don't share this. I told you. We don't get exclusives on the Dixon James podcast. Some gruesome murder down the road. You know, and the no, luckily three cows I, found dead. Uh, never, I've never had to deal with any murders of, of, of cows or people. Thankfully, yeah. uh, not a lot right. of violent crime around here. No, it, it seems kind of nice. And the downside, you said, there's no, there's only one bar. Or, <laughs> there's, an, there's an inn with a bar. Yeah, at oh. nine, eight thirty. I'm not really sure. There's not a not a heavy nightlife around here. Nine o'clock is pretty much uh, bedtime for everybody. Gas stations close up, and that's uh, that's it. We roll up the carpets or we'll roll up the sidewalks. But but this is your family time anyway. Your kids are young. Mm-hmm. You should be at home. You're not. It's not the time for you to be out in bars and mm-hmm. getting stinking drunk every night. Theoretically, yeah. So okay, I get that. <laughs> All right, so let's park the. That's the volunteer work. Let's park the fire you're, truck. You're also uh, studying. Yes. Uh, Pretty well full time. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us what you're studying towards. <clears throat> I'm uh, on enrolled in the online Bachelor of Social Work program through Dalhousie. University it's a Bachelor of Social Work. Okay. It's a Bachelor of Social Work. I would, of course, like to jump right into the Masters, but they don't permit you to do that with this particular program. And this is the program that was of most interest to me. Okay. So, what's your first degree in? Sociology, I think it's from Dalhousie. From Dalhousie. From well, we like to make a distinction between Kings and Dalhousie. Okay. Uh, so just to be snooty, yeah, it's yeah. the University of Kings College, which is a separate university from Dalhousie, even okay. though it happens to be situated on the corner of campus, and the degrees are uh, related. And my diploma does have a Dalhousie crest. Okay. It is from Kings. Okay. That's clear. That's straight. Yes, I've been straightened on that one. Thank you. Um, and that was in sociology. Sociology, so much as I remember. Now I wasn't exactly a, a you know a stellar student the first time around. 
did a lot of part-time work and volunteering to get myself through university and uh, a lot of drinking for the same reason. So, well, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I think university. I think I did it right. Um, now, was it, sociology was a more like theoretical, and what you're doing now is a little more practical. Is that well, that's, sort that's of the difference between the two? A bad way of putting it. Yeah. Um, I guess I look at social work as a way of maybe applying some of the things I wanted to learn in sociology. The motivation was always there, helping my community and the people in it uh, achieve what we all want to achieve: happiness, yeah. success. Oh, sorry, that's quite all right. Oh, our time's up. No, it's not. Okay, we're fine. Thank you. Household to pick up the kids from the school. You have to do that right now? No, they're not in school today. Oh. Just didn't turn the alarm off. Oh, okay. Oh, good for you. Oh, boy, you're organized. <laughs> um, My phone's organized. Now, that just threw me off because you were talking about the kids. Oh, yeah, work. so why social, social work? work? Yeah, I was thinking that's sort of a parallel. I studied psychology at university, mm-hmm. but then later on took courses in uh, in um, and training in counseling right. so on, which and mediation the, the practical side the mediation yeah, to do it exactly um why the turn why not like first of all i guess we want to pin down your age or a rough bracket you can try uh, fire away well i already know okay. i'm just for the listeners i have to say so i'm in my late 30s late 30s late 30s seem a little bit more mature than that to me no no okay so, would you like to see my license <laughs> no no i believe it <laughs> Um, I wish I wish uh, the listeners could see this the skepticism on your face. Yes, right late thirties. All right. Well, that's at least thirty nine. You wouldn't be the first one to think I'm much older. Yeah. Usually because of my looks, but uh, I'll take the maturity. We'll take the picture later and yeah. post it. So, uh, uh, all right. So thirty nine. So why this change now? You've been doing what have you done to make a living up to now? You looked after the kids full time. I looked after the kids. And the, the pay for looking after the kids is shit. So I yeah. also uh, I, I supplement my income by doing freelance public relations okay. work, which is a little hard to come by if you're not working in an agency where you, mm-hmm. you're just being assigned tasks um, from from clients or from your bosses for clients or. You're not in-house, like, working, doing communications for an agency or the right. government or, or, or a business. Um, you know, I'm just p- picking up, uh, doing a website here and there or doing a little bit of, you know, communications planning, but but not much. So I've been picking that up piecemeal for the past couple of years. Is that, self, that self-taught, then, the, the I, doing the websites and... Uh, the Make websites, more or less. Yeah. Uh, but I, I say I do websites. I, I do WordPress. <laughs> so those okay. in the know. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not right. doing a hell of a lot. Okay. Um, but the PR side of it, then, that wasn't your course of study, necessarily? I did a one-year diploma in Halifax uh, in, in the early 2000s. Oh, okay. Uh, just after we were married and uh, we were having our our first child. And, so. and did you think of that might be your career, then? Um you know, I think I had to do something. Okay. And that was there. All right. Um, it's it seemed to be the way to go for a while, but uh, it's it's just it's really been in a more of a, a stasis than progressing over the over the last decade that <laughs> I've been doing it. So so what brought about this career change? Now, suddenly you've gone back to school, you're working on your bachelor's degree, you get a social work degree, and presumably work in that field. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What brought about the change? Well, a few years ago, as you know, and some of your listeners might know, I 
did have a, a bout with cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, successful for me, thankfully, and so far so good in terms of uh, you know a rematch. That kind a, of a rematch. Thing, what's, what's well, it, it hasn't come back. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. You know, so far as you know, it's it's never never off your mind or the doctors, so you're constantly mm-hmm. going in for tests. But so far, so good. Uh, but still, even even though that was successful, it makes you think, right? It's one of those one of those moments where you're, uh, you're 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 taking stock of your life and thinking, "Huh, am I happy with what I've done so far? If this is it?" And the answer was no. Basically, right. um, going back to school is something I've been thinking of doing prior to the diagnosis. So um, that that option was already on the table. And going through the bout with cancer is, that's what just sent me into motion. That's what, that's what solidified the choice. Now that sort of came after you had the surgery. I mean, it was was probably building in swamlands or up. I'm just trying to, I I can't even imagine the the horror of dealing with the fact, my God, I've got cancer and I could die. So I wanted to make sure, yeah, that I wasn't dead before I pay the tuition. Yeah. So I took care of that. Um, that's that's in the uh, application actually uh, must be alive yes so I I did it shortly thereafter yeah wasn't too long after but so it was a thing enough incentive to push you into okay yes. time for a life change yeah. and let's say why why in particular social work like what do you what do you imagine yourself doing after you've got through the um the yeah, I haven't whittled that down yet to to a certainty um I know some things I'm not going to be doing. I'm not going to be doing child protective work. I'm not going to be doing, um, well, that's the one I've, I've, I've narrowed yeah. down. <laughs> so okay, there, there's well. still a few options, whether it be, you know, uh, frontline work with clients or, or maybe in more of a, a planning community development role. I'd lean towards the community development, towards the the planning, you know. Um, do they actually hire people to do that? They, they, they have. Yeah. They have. Um, I'm, I'm very good at insinuating myself in this situation. So not okay. necessarily. Um, not, there's no, there's no uh, clear track laid out for. So that's, right. that's, that I'm not, uh, I'm giving, I'm not giving that up. I'm taking that with me and just applying it to social work, so. Um, where would you have to go if you, assuming you get through all this and you, you're getting a job, would you have to get work in Kingston or could you actually work in this area? I thought about that. I, there's, there's no shortage uh, of social work in this area, uh, for a variety of reasons. Um, but I, I'm thinking maybe it'd be better just at least the beginning to work in Kingston or in Perth a little bit further away. Yeah. Maybe in Carlton so not, Place. So you're not dealing with neighbors and not, not too much. Not on that sense, no. Yeah. All right. All right, let's get I've seen to have grilled you on work and all the practical things of life. Let's talk about something a little more fun. Yeah. Where are you in your life spiritually, for oh. example? Oh, God. You know, the light the light stuff. You know? I don't know. I don't know. But the light stuff. Yeah. I don't I don't I'm never wholly comfortable speaking about spirituality because I don't know what people mean by that. When you say spirituality, what well, what do you mean? Um that's well fair question. What do I mean? 
I, I guess in, in sort of, I mean it almost like in a philosophical sense, like, you know, the, the meaning of life and, and is there a reason for everything that's going on or is there a reason you went through cancer and came out the other side and are changing your life and may have an impact on somebody else's life and actually make it better? Mm. That doesn't, that's kind of, I, I mean, I, I have a pretty wide sense of what I call spirituality. It's, it's how, how we live as, as humans, how we feel about ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's probably me. It's completely the wrong word. Mm-hmm. Um, but I lump an awful lot in with that. It's just, it's our, maybe it's our, our inner sense of, are we in the right place? Are we doing the right thing? Are we comfortable where we are? Mm. Does that does that count, or am I just sort of fluffing around here? No, I mean you are, but that does count. Okay. Um, okay. I think uh, I think I'm asking myself, am I in the right place? Am I on the right track? A lot, and mm-hmm. strangely, I take that to, to be a sign that I am on the right track. I think <clears throat> being too comfortable is problematic. Yeah, and. I know that I would much rather, a lot of days, try to get some sort of cubicle job that's 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 laid out for me, that's easy in, easy out, don't have to think about it, I get a, a steady income, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not challenged, I'm not, you know, I'm not uncertain, I'm not responsible, <laughs> I'm not invested, and uh, that would allow me to pay my bills and lead my predictable, safe, comforted, comfortable life. Um, and, and yet, you know, I know that's not, really I know that would you, kill me. Yes. I know that would kill me. I, I've known people who've left government jobs for that reason. They've had everything people want and realized it's a slow death. It, yes, 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 exactly. So, um, so I do ask myself, it's all this debt and uncertainty and being back at school at, you know, what is arguably middle age. Not if you're still in your 30s. <laughs> but. I said to, nearing the end of the 30s. Yeah. All right. On the latter side of mid-30s for sure. Um, where was I going with that? Uh, well, is no, it all worth it? Is it all yeah. worth it? Is this really where I want to be? And, and I think... That that space of uncertain of uncertainty is is what um, is what I can actually draw on again to, to 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 reinforce that I am in the right spot and doing the right thing. So I think if you're feeling some anxiety and discomfort, it's because you're growing and you're supposed to be growing. So I guess yes. that, at the end of the, at the end of it all, I feel like I'm now growing again after. Quite a few years of not, and, and maybe the cancer was, you know, I, I think I got the cancer because of a bad diet and you know lots of un, unresolved issues with childhood and a lot of things, you know, a confluence of a lot of factors. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think a supernatural being made it happen, so I would wise up. Yeah. So that sort of side of spirituality didn't indicate I'm going to give you something bad and it's going to help you. I don't, I don't, I don't know how it works. I don't pretend to be an expert, but I do you believe in God or 
I did the capital G God, so. Uh, do I believe in the capital biblical, G God? Yeah, the biblical, a biblical God, uh, a God Almighty. That's such a hard question. That's such a hard question. Well, that should be the easy question, capital G God. Uh, it's not, it's not. No. The, well, okay. because I, we know, we know the God depicted in the Bible because of our Western culture. Yeah. Now, maybe there are other religious explanations of the world that make just as much sense, if not more sense. And so maybe those are just as applicable, because I think that the default is, do you believe in a Christian God, when we ask that question to each other in this, in this culture anyway? And the answer to that is? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I don't know. A, a God who, uh, I mean, Greta, I, I bring this up because Greta said, I yeah, absolutely. Don't, don't believe in the God who actually intervenes in our daily lives and makes things happen. Yeah, that. Spares this kid cancer and this no, one gets I, it. Or yeah. the, you know. I, I'd have to that, agree. A God you could pray to and would actually may answer your prayers. Like that's, to me, that's why I say it's an easy question because I, I find it hard to imagine. But see, I don't know that it's, it's mutually exclusive. I, I think I agree with that. That uh, idea of, of Greta's that there isn't, you know, a supernatural interference in your your day to day routine. Because mm-hmm. I think if you if you're reading through what is supposedly the you know the Christian perspective is that mm. that God has given us freedom. And my understanding of freedom and free will, free choice, is that you're free. You sink or swim. It's up to you. Well, now we're back to philosophy, really. And see, that's just it. So do I believe in God? Well, it winds up in a philosophical conversation. Yeah. I do like the idea of love thy neighbor. Yeah. I do try and practice that, but I... It's a separate thing, though. The golden rule is sort of common to a lot of belief systems. Yeah. Religion sense. Well, let's let's park that one there and uh, get on to... Creativity, because you are a very creative person. You are an excellent writer. Reader, listeners might not know that from the way you're talking now, but uh, you are a very, very good. I, you've written me a few. You know, they've been emails and so on, but they've been lengthy and they've been thought out. And I read them and I read them again, mm-hmm. and I feel grateful to have you as a friend. And that's one of the reasons I'm. Oh, thank I'm, you. I, I'm very happy that. You get first shot at this. I, and I'm uh, sorry I'm making such podcast. a mess of it, this pilot. Well, episode. you're not really. I, 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 I really hope don't turn off all I, of I've asked very, listeners. I've asked very bad questions so yeah. far. But this, and this I'm not your first choice from what I understand. No, so Tim Coyne wants and he, he won't do it. So you're <laughs> 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 clear on that. I'm not... Make sure he hears this, too. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Tim. It's not like I could say, couldn't get you, so I got somebody better. Or, well, I know, well, I got somebody. <laughs> you try. Yeah. See what you um, reduced him to. Yeah. Well, okay. oh, they, speaking of creativity, and Tim Coyne is a creative person. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but some yeah. people who are creative are also very, very sensitive and, and mm. fragile and yeah, that's so on. And I guess that's a part of you. How, where does your, where's your, <clears throat> I'm guessing, I shouldn't answer for you, but I'm guessing mm. how the hell would you have any time for creativity when you got three kids to bring up? Taking courses full time and doing this volunteer stuff, and you know, a life—you know, just life to get through daily. That's a that's a good observation because that is a struggle. Yeah, that is a struggle. I I have been feeling the absence of creativity 
I, I have been feeling the absence of, of that outlet. Um, and I don't know where or when to fit that in. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've brought musical instruments upstairs from the basement to have them around, hoping, well, maybe I'll just pick something up and play a little bit in the run of a oh. day, and that'll... That'll trigger something. Um, that hasn't worked. They bought the artist's way to oh. try and see if that would help. Eh, couldn't finish it. How far did you get? Not very far. Not very Not far. Anything. Our good friend, and who will be listening to this, um, mm. Jason, he's very thorough. Like The book just seems to fit him quite well. And he actually does a podcast to go with each <laughs> chapter and his observations. And now he's on the next one, which I call Walking on Water. But I think it's that's not quite the title. Mm-hmm. But... It's quite amazing because the bo- these books are very good books. They, this woman mm-hmm. understands creativity and the pain, some the struggle of creativity. But I think the issue is that those of us who are creative, I, I mean, we can argue, oh, everybody's creative. Everybody's mm-hmm. a special snowflake. Mm-hmm. But some people have it in the sense that it needs to be expressed. Yeah. And I guess that's what I would, would be asking you. What do you do if, it, if you don't have this opportunity to express yourself, or is it? You regret. It, mm-hmm. You regret. You get. You get anger. You get angry. Sorry, and resentful. Mm. And you stop uh, talking good. Apparently, <laughs> is, is there a, is there a, is there room? Is there a place? Is there something to do? Could you take time out? Is there is there any kind of a remedy for that, or is it something you do just have to put on hold? Like, again, that, this is a, this is a really current struggle. This is a, a, a very open question right now i've sat down and written out you know hourly obligations every day and every week and can i fit in an hour a day you know half an hour somewhere Mm -hmm. um i think i could squeeze it in sure Uh, do i have the the focus and energy to sustain it that hasn't proven the case um this, the demands of trying to keep up with everything else has just mm. taken me away from that priority. Um, and that is something I would love to get on top of, but it just seems like another another brick in the wall. <laughs> yeah, one more task. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Uh, what is your, your creative... To me, your talent, is it writing? Is that what... Writing, you would yeah, want to express I, writing. I would like to write. Yeah. So ideally, if you could, if this time was carved out, the courses were done, mm-hmm. you had this block of time or blocks and blocks of time, mm-hmm. what would you write? Yeah, I think like m- many people, we'd like to tell our own stories in different mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, an autobiography would yeah. <laughs> just be painfully boring. So nothing like that, but a you know a, a, a storified version of 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 some of my experiences, you know, uh, volunteer firefighting, some of those elements. You the, know, the stories you couldn't remember the stories ten minutes ago, or you couldn't share. Well, yeah, I mean, I was trying to yeah. be, trying to be polite. Yeah, you know. okay. Um, but I, I would imagine part of it would be your your inner your inner demons, your inner struggles, because you do have those. You talk about. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you talk about depression to some degree, anxiety. These are things that need to come out. Mm-hmm. And they can come out in different ways. I, I imagine some people say they can do it through their music. They play music. Mm. 
maybe running actually is an outlet for some people. I never think of running as being creative. Not but unless maybe there's a bear involved. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't mean for you, but for some people, maybe that just gets something out of the system. Or I don't think that's natural. No. no. All right. There's something wrong with those people. Okay, so if just all the runners, that's fine. Mm. Um, those things, they, they, when you talk about it, this sort of semi-fictional, but you, you would talk about I think yeah, I, it, struggle. Maybe. You know, maybe. Maybe I'll just start writing something and, you know, try and tackle that, you know, the childhood and resolve issues with my mother and who's passed away long since and my father mm. and maybe wind up realizing that's not something I want to continue and that that will be the resolution um right that's an interesting just the process in and of itself so i I don't have a set like i'm going to have a collection of short stories or a novel at the end of it i'm just you know the 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 writing the the process process, the act of creating and that's the that's what i find interesting it is not about the end result no i got this book published right you want to read it but the doing the expressing, yeah. the the all that goes with, and I think as we as we try to create, or we we go through, we start expressing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Things come out that mm-hmm. need to come out that we weren't really in control of. That mm-hmm. that that it's ah, this is why I'm doing this because and I've tried, I need to understand this. I've tried to in letters to you and to others. I mm-hmm. do I do write emails and letters actively with. The idea that this is doing something for me as as much as it is doing something for the, for the for receivers, the receivers yeah. hopefully, for the audience. And uh, I, maybe that just hasn't been quite enough. So maybe the adding the element of fiction will give me the mm-hmm. the license to, to really get into some of the things I'm, I'm otherwise shying away from, like the, the anxiety, uh, anxiety, depression, the anger, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> just the... the general disdain for everything you can sometimes uh, feel pod, podcasting didn't do it for you because you did have a, a podcast called the anger core that no, had a short uh, life that i i thoroughly enjoyed but you anger you held yourself is, back uh, i think that, that oh sorry not anger core yeah, um, is that maybe branch? i won't give the name then to yeah the anger core the trouble with the anger core is those guys aren't angry they yeah. just you know they just talk but they're yeah. not angry well, maybe you should call in do they have a Call in line? Yeah, just swear at them. Say, yeah. Just, you know, really curse. I'll show you, I'll show you some anger, you fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they should be called on it because it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's false advertising. Well, my, my issue with that is I just, I kept straying. So, what the hell? I don't even remember what the dance Was it just the anger cast or something like that? I forgot. Uh, well, I, I remember the name. I just didn't know if you wanted me to, the, the name of the person who did it. I didn't know if you wanted me to reveal that here, but it was, can I? I don't think anybody's ever listened aside from you. So. Well, maybe they wouldn't find it, but it was the name of the, the guy was Les Iyer, right? Right. I thought that. I love that. So, my, my goal was wrapped up in my, my podcasting identity. I wanted to be. Uh, less angry person, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. less less Iris. He's clever. It was it was great, great start. But I, I know other people who the podcasting can actually get too personal to the point where I I just don't want to share this anymore. Yeah, and that's where I've known I, others who have stopped for that reason, and I get that. And I didn't start. I got, I got what was it like three episodes yeah. in, and I kept gravitating towards. Well, you know, I've got these issues with my wife mm-hmm. or my kids. And I know myself well enough to know that I would happily bitch into the microphone every yeah. week or every day yeah. um, and not actually work on those 
problems in the relationship directly with yep. the person, and then then feel bad about it, and then count on them as kind of a part of my identity. Yeah, I yeah. have problems with my wife. That's part yeah. of who I am, you know. And I get it out in this 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 podcast all the time, and you know, it becomes the shtick. Yeah, and and, and and it could be a real <laughs> trap too that you you mm-hmm. can't get out of it. it. Yeah, that's that's a dangerous thing. I I know there are. I always think about. I talk about how open and honest I am on the Dixon Chains podcast, mm-hmm. but there are clearly lines that I've drawn even subconsciously. Mm-hmm. I do not talk a whole lot about my relationship with my wife. Right. You know, I'm just... Uh, right. And uh, I, I just don't think I'm that interesting without going whole hog. I just don't have a lot to offer. So if I can't offer at all, if I can't authentically have that conversation with the recorder and yes. whoever's on the other end of it... Um, then I didn't. I just didn't think that was going to achieve what I wanted out of it, and that was yeah. more of more some more inner and interpersonal peace. Yeah, and I wasn't. I, I didn't see that as as the avenue towards it. But writing, in that case, writing would probably be a better outlet. I think so. More therapeutic, I think it and could more, be. Uh, and certainly more, a lot more private because you don't have to share that. Right. Um, it seems that podcasting, if you're going to do it, you almost have to have somebody listen to it, and then you just get trapped by it. Right. All right, so we've done creativity. We sort of dodged spirituality. We touched on Did that. We we've that? done your work. Well, no, we, we... What are you looking for? Am I an atheist? Am I, am I a Christian? Am I a Muslim? No, because I, because I realize... Uh, I'm just curious to know... With your labels. What, I guess... Genius. Yeah, the labels are a problem. I'm just curious to know... What people think about life. The fact, like to me, and I've said this before, the starting point should be everybody should be overwhelmed by awe. Mm-hmm. I'm a living, conscious, stupid fucking animal on this planet <laughs> looking up at stars. But we're sentient beings. We have an awareness. Like I'm aware. I'm looking out at a lake called Charbot Lake in a civilized town where if there's a fire... The cavemen don't yell at the gods. They organize themselves. They get on a truck and they try and put the fire out. Well, How advanced we are. You haven't been in the hall, so okay. don't make too but, many but assumptions. Seriously, as a species, it's amazing what we're doing yeah. and how far we've come. And the fact that we can have abstract conversations. We, we've gone beyond, you know, this, you know, you touch my wife and this stick will hit your head. We've moved past that to, to so many layers of... Wow. And not just in technology and putting man on the moon, having these little handheld devices that are mm-hmm. beeping and twirling, but that we can actually reflect on the fact that in the way a cat or a dog can't. They come up and they pat. They know there's a master. They're smart enough to know that's the one that feeds me. Mm-hmm. I'll be nice and make him happy. But we, we are gods. Maybe that's why I keep going back to the question when we, when we talk about it. We are godlike in this ability to understand something about where we've come from. We have evolved with no purpose in life. We're here purely because of evolution. And then you, then it gets to the question, okay, wait a minute, is there a bridge? Is there... No, no, we're evolving because that's a natural force that's happening throughout the universe and maybe eventually we'll connect with the other evolving beings or we'll reach a certain level where hmm. it all kind of fits into place and we become this one linked consciousness which the internet might be a stepping stone towards 
that's kind of what I'm getting at. So what, 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 do, what do you think in your wow. moments of just sitting by the lake by yourself, looking up at the stars? That's the question. I think I've just answered it for you. But. Yeah, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. But, I mean, and it's shocking. Like, I teach in the college. Mm-hmm. Well, college, university for me was a time when you begin thinking these things. And you read philosophy, and you read existentialism, and you read psychology, and you you read literature, and you think about things that, you know, you weren't taught in high school, or that your parents didn't bother to teach you because they didn't think about them anyway. Mm-hmm. And your your mind opens. And now I'm teaching at a college, a community college, which really... Anybody there is doing it so they can get more money and have a nicer car and have a crack at life and have a house like we do and Mm -hmm. raise children and get the practical things, but with no sense of awe. Mm. Because who has time for awe? And maybe that's really what I want to know and I want to know about everybody I'll talk to uh, on this podcast. You know, what do you think about awe? I think I've been trapped up in the minutia for too long to give that enough thought. I wish I had a, a poetic answer for you. I, I I wish I have had moments where I've thought about that. Well, you can after today, of course. I can after today. I feel like I have <laughs> my my uh, my takeaway questions. Yeah. But the reality is, and maybe this is maybe this is related to the lack of creativity. Is that I I've been you know, dealing with diapers and school lunches and, mm-hmm. and you know, credit lines and, and vehicle maintenance and mowing the lawn and... The and reality vacations of Vacations and just this crap for so long now. I've lost sight of those windows of looking at the stars. I Perfectly reasonable and understandable. And ultimately, we're here to procreate, to keep the thing going that's happened and you know you've done that bit and you're continuing to do it with a degree of responsibility this psychologist who i admire greatly john lilly the one who uh perfected the sensory deprivation tanks and studied the minds of dolphins and all that stuff mm-hmm. was a heavy drug user in terms of acid wasn't strong enough for him it had to be pure clinical acid mm-hmm. in a sensory deprivation tank where there were no other sensations none of that world you've just talked about entering anywhere near him. You couldn't even feel your own body. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then it was on to ketamine and harder drugs. But anyway, he wrote books, The Center of the Cyclone was one where he literally left his body and just went off and met these other things, these beings who who he communicated with each time he went out there. And, you know, you take that as you want to, but that was what was happening to him. And each time he wanted to go further and, and meet more and find out what's, you know, what is the meaning of all of this. And, wow, this is pretty wonderful, leaving your body and yet still being aware of things and being aware of something you can't quite define, but you're communicating with somehow. And then ultimately, he reached a point where he wasn't meant to go any further. And these beings, he says, mm-hmm. directed him back to his wife and his family, and life on earth, and the people around him, and the things he was responsible for, and the things he had to do. And the ultimate conclusion, well, it is neat to trip out mm-hmm. by getting stoned once in a while, mm-hmm. but there is still an ultimate day-to-day reality <laughs> yeah. that you're, you can't escape, and you're not supposed to escape. 
It's interesting. As you were talking, I was thinking of uh, something we haven't talked about um, a few months ago. I actually had a had an episode where I was wound up in the hospital, and I had to uh, be put under with um, quite a heavy drug. I think it might have mm-hmm. been fentanyl or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I did have a trip. You know, I had a trip of dealing with the present emergency. I'm in the hospital. I'm, I'm in an ambulance. I'm The world suddenly is going gray. It's going... This is what I'm experiencing. Wow. It's going gray. It's going white. I'm on a big mountain. I, things are just starting to blend together, together bigger and bigger and bigger to the point where it's all just one giant featureless existence colorless nothing's discernible but I have a feeling of no matter what in the end it's okay this is where I'm supposed to be and it was just a feeling yeah and it was it was powerful it was really powerful and it made me understand a little bit of what you what uh some of the beats and people you're talking about, they're, they're sort of experiments and philosophies and, and, and movements were about that that uh, higher level of consciousness, not higher in the in the tongue in cheek way, but yeah, in, in the authentic sense. So I think that told me something's there. I don't know what. Exactly. I think it was just like, you know, getting a glimpse. It, it sounds like it was almost, it was comforting. It was comforting. It was, you were not afraid of this thing. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really a point of, am I going to die? Yeah. You know, and it's, and, and the answer was maybe, but either way, it's all good. I, I, I'm it's hearing okay. also, it's very interesting because I'm also hearing, I get a strong sense of complete <clears throat> surrender. Yeah. And surrender is something we're afraid to do as humans. Like we, yes. I'd love to surrender more and just not yes. hold on so tightly and to life. And see, this is when we talk about spirituality. So I know one of, that's one of the messages of yeah. Christianity is the surrender. Yes. And that is where a lot of people get their, 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 their backs up. Is this idea of surrender. Well, and it's probably... And, and like of Islam say, is about surrender. And that, like I was and saying, maybe. I know nothing about religions really. <laughs> you know, I'm not a scholar, Christian, Islam, mm-hmm. Buddhist or otherwise. So, like I say, I hate saying what I think I am or not am because I'm sure there's many philosophies and religions out there that get at the truth in different ways. Hmm. And, and I hate to say, you know, be exclusive to, to uh, one by, by naming another, but... And that may well be the case. But that surrender and peace, that surrender to one another, that surrender to the circumstances, that surrender to... I guess to me, the, the troubling part, and I hate to bring it back down to earth, is... Sure. To what are you surrendering? To whose word? Well, you know, and this this is where it gets scary, because... You can surrender to a political leader. You can surrender yes, to a lot of things. You can exactly. surrender to the communist movement. You can, but we were talking about a, a different kind of, you yeah. know, clearly a, it wasn't a spiritual. It type. wasn't a thought. Yeah. It wasn't a belief set. It was, it was just, just the act of surrender. It just is. It's it's like it's like 
the slogan we grew up with in the 60s, and Ram Das, who was happened to be Timothy Leary's sidekick, Richard Alpert, mm. uh, wrote the book called Be Here Now, and that was mm. the, the hippie Bible, Be Here Now. And basically, it was simply that, be in the present moment. And, of course, that's what uh, some religions are about. And, mm. uh, Buddhism, of course, I think would put that, Zen Buddhism, mm-hmm. you, just, you just exist in this moment. Mm-hmm. And you can't exist in the moment without, in a sense, letting go, not trying to hold on to... Well, what do I have to do at five o'clock? What, what, what about what happened yesterday with that phone call and, and being able to detach yourself for the moment? And the moment may be putting out somebody's fire, holding that hose. This is what even our our, our Canadian god Leonard Cohen <laughs> talks about that of, of when he served his master up on the mountain in California. It was you know the, the joy of getting up early in the morning and making food for his master to serve the act of the making of the food or sweeping the dirt or whatever it was, chopping the wood, as Zen Buddhists talk about. You are doing something that needs to be done, but you're doing it almost in a state of grace. You're at one with the act of whatever it is you're doing. So you haven't really escaped your body. You still have those responsibilities, but this, this doing... Um, yeah, very hard thing to do, being in the now. And I've never, I've never quite gotten that. I mean, you, you hear it, you, you know, I've, I've done some counseling where that's part of, part of the treatment, but to, to, I don't think I've ever truly experienced it. Well, the, the act, the act of counseling, I can say I've felt that in counseling. When you're sitting across a table from somebody who's, you know, is on the verge of tears, for something they've done or haven't done. Mm-hmm. Um, and there'll be some people who are not listening to the words they're saying because they're thinking about okay, the next question I have to ask this person, like there's a checklist. They're not in the moment, but when you're truly in an encounter, a, a group encounter situation, whether it's uh, group therapy or counseling somebody for, you know, hopefully some kind of a remediation or something to fix what the harm they've caused. You have to be in that moment listening to their words at that moment and what are they feeling, what are they expressing, what are they saying. And that will lead you to the next question, which might be completely different from somebody else who's sort of got a mental checklist of things they think need to be got through. That That's kind of the difference. And I'm sure you've done that. There's different ways of expressing that. It's really hard to... Uh... I mean, you can be at one when you're listening to your kid tell a story for that fraction of a second before you get bored or tired of it or whatever. <laughs> you know, there is, there are those moments in life, yeah. you know, that we do live okay. in the moment. And I guess I do catch myself um, almost admonishing myself to, to just pay attention, not mm. not be thinking of what do I need to make for dinner or what, you know... Yeah. Or, where do I need to be, like you say, at 5.30 or whatever? Yeah, um, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess that is being in the moment. Just it, it is, but it's just a hard thing because there's other people waiting for dinner. I'm going to be and expecting this and, uh, you know, the same way I'm going to have to get home today at some point. So um, how, do you, how do you balance that? How do you balance the responsibility? Well, it gets easier when you're older. 
when you have fewer responsibilities, well, that's, that's not your children are growing right up. Now. No, you're not. I mean, so no, you're, you're, you're stuck. Here. Well, I, I had my nephew uh, sitting in the car across from me last oh. night oh, so in the I'm van. Not, I'm not the first of these talks. Yeah. Well, we didn't record his. Oh. And, and I wouldn't because actually it would have be been more boring. <laughs> no, it would have been more boring. Because I always ask him, where are you in your life now? We have this conversation. I check in with him every six months or so. Okay. And... His answer was he looked glum, and it was, oh, these are, the, these are the hard years. These are the slog years. I got my job. He works for the government, a very good job, very responsible job. Mm. I got two kids at home. They got hockey practice, you know, five times a week. Oh, Between yeah. my wife and I, God. we drive in them. This is, this is life. There isn't time for the philosophy, for the mm. pursuing. Like I, I said, what rabbit holes are you going down? You know, what are you visiting? What turns you on? Uh, he's a huge fan of Elon Musk, mm, okay. resentful of the fact that he graduated at the same time, except from Queens and this particular person, my nephew, who graduated from Carleton, but same age and same program to start with. Um, so he has a hero, and, he, and, and yet he just has to get on with the day-to-day grind of living, you know, driving into Ottawa, doing his job, planning a vacation, finding out. Yeah. Life can be tough. There's a strain between husband and wife mm-hmm. on a daily, daily grind mm-hmm. of existence. Mm-hmm. So when I ask him, where's your spirituality? be the same, you know, who has time for that shit? Mm-hmm. There's other stuff. So it is hard to grab yourself. But we ended the conversation that said, no, I'm just, all I have time for now is, is my kids and making sure they're okay. And I said, well, that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing now. And, he, and when I watch him with his children, he's an amazing father. He's, his daughter's always coming up and just physically holding him and hugging him. And they're hugging each other. And they, they have funny names. And they call on his son. He's raising him to be a good young man and take responsibility and do this. And no, you can't have that. And you have cleaned up this. A much better father than I was. And I don't say that mm. in any way because I just know for reality, wow, he is in the now in that he's recognizing his children's needs and he's devoted to them. And I think, well, almost these other things that he wants to to fulfill himself, the the motorcycle trip he took through the Moab and across a desert, that was a moment of being alive that, you know, wow, living fully. But you can only do that once in a while mm-hmm. because you have all the other shit to take care of. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you get older, you have less shit to take care of, mm-hmm. and it does get easier. You're at the stage, at the age, where that is my you still got shit to do. You don't have that much. I mean, if you were sitting around <laughs> contemplating the stars all night, uh, your wife would be even angrier than she is now. <laughs> so here we go. The phone hasn't rang yet, so we're, we're still yeah. okay. Well, it's probably a, a, a close enough time to uh, to wind down. And I think we I think we actually got somewhere. I, I feel yeah. happy about this conversation. Anything we've left out, or we should have touched on, oh, or I'm anything sure else? Lots, but I'm hoping this will uh, this will just be the first of of a few with different people. I think that's my son there on the bike. Yeah, too, that's too big for your son. No, it's yeah, same helmet. <laughs> How much pain? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is funny. Uh, I'll just leave it to the listener to guess why it's funny. But <laughs> okay, 
I'm going to end on that note. So, I, I, listen, I, I really do thank you. I'm going to shake your hand right hey, here on, on air. Thank you. I'm honored. For, and, and uh... Well, I kind of set it up this way. I, was kind of, I wanted you to be well, in this you. position. And, and I knew I was coming back from Ottawa. And, well, it's a lovely little detour down to Charbot Lake, not far. I really should and, have had uh, speaking notes, though. Well, and I could have prepped, too, with questions, but that's not the way we do things on whatever this podcast is. I, I'm gonna, I believe I'm going to call us Talking with Francis, because I've, I've had a series of Talking with Tim. Oh, God. When I did Tim, they wanted Talking with Tom. That's the going to be more of them, talk, though. Well, this is a, a string of things, but this is the first in the van. I think this is a relaunching. I'd love this thing. I think I'll travel around and uh, do others, and if it's in the evening, there might be a beer involved, but this is a daytime yeah. A driving day. This is a pretty conservative town. Yeah. It's dry. Yeah, I town. would not be drinking in the in the park here. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. Well, I, I think our listeners will enjoy that. You think? Yep. You're lying. Good. <laughs> I don't know. We don't have Sorry. closing. It'd be nice to have closing and outros and intros and all that I'm shit, really bad but, when know. the mic goes on. All right. Well, I, it's off now. Good. 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 Well, now I can speak freely. Ha. <laughs> 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 <laughs>